Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. Artificial intelligence. We had this story last night. I really want to talk about it because I I find it such an interesting concept, right? Like, a lot of these science fiction uh, shows, like Star Wars, not Star Wars, uh, I, I just made everyone on the internet angry, Star Trek in particular, it paints this world where humans don't have to work. Everything humans want is just done for them by computers and replicators. So replicators are the key technology in the Star Trek series that allow human beings to not have to do anything. You you tell your computer, computer, I want X, and it just generates X for you out of, it rearranges molecules or whatever. Not theoretically impossible, but well beyond human techno- technological capabilities. And the rise of all of these things causes humans to not have to work. They can just do whatever they want. They can spend all their time doing nothing or painting or making music or whatever because all of their needs are taken care of, right? And the idea they still want governments is so dumb. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that issue aside, I don't necessarily take issue with the world where all human need is solved by technology like this. And artificial intelligence is one way that we can get there you know people see the the star trek series and they say there's like oh well that's such a society would never work but i mean yeah it could I mean, why not yeah if you had that replicator technology it would yeah. it would easily work you Wait, don't have to work i forgot you're talking about star trek are there governments in star trek i thought you were talking about star I mean, wars yeah yeah I, kind well, of i don't know if I don't know. I don't know is, either. Is Never the real answer it. to that question. Starfleet is kind. I don't know if they're a government or not. Or they I mean, could, they could be a corporation. But for on all. the other planets and stuff, do they run into planets that have governments? Oh, certainly. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Most of the planets they encounter have governments, but those planets are generally still developing. They don't have replicator technology, mm-hmm. so they can't. They still have people who have to work. Oh, okay. But I don't take issue with that. If we had that kind of technology, it's possible. And artificial intelligence sort of moves us closer to that. Artificial intelligence and 3D printers. 3D printers, obviously, it's a long way from the replicators that we see in the Star Trek series. It's a long way from being able to print a car tire, which has been revealed to be possible. And, you know, telling a computer to build you a new computer. However... Artificial intelligence is in the news. Now, I've got an article here about this guy who just doesn't seem to get it. I'm going to lose my job to an AI. Chat GPT does an hour of my work in seconds. The New Mexicans. I'm sorry? Because <laughs> you know how uh, conservatives are always like, oh, all the, oh. the Mexicans <laughs> are taking our jobs. Yeah, that's why I called this episode. You know, they yeah. took our jobs. <laughs> One reporter has expressed concern about his job after an AI-powered chatbot generates an article in seconds. And, you know, I don't know what his argument here is. I'm I'm curious to get into it because it's like, okay, first of all, what you wrote as a human being at this point in artificial intelligence technology, it should be better than whatever the AI produced. Absolutely. And if it's not, then you should lose your job. Exactly. The other thing I don't understand is, I think that there will always need to, not always, okay, but as the, it is right now, they will still need humans to do jobs to, like, edit this stuff. So your job just got easier. So Henry Williams is a freelance writer from London, and he thinks that ChatGPT, which I've tried to use, but it's backlogged, apparently. I didn't hmm. make the window to sign into it. Do you have to create an account to use this thing? I'm curious. Yeah. You do? Okay. I did. 
I was curious how it knew that I didn't have an account because there was never any sign up option or anything. I just went to it and it was like, oh, we're full right now. I was like, well, how do you? Wow. I didn't even realize I was like making a window or anything. I just signed up and started using it. Yeah, I thought it would be, you know, relatively, but it, I makes, it makes sense. You know, all of the demand for chat GPT right now is really popular. People are loving it. And I would like to be able to try it out. I've used a lot of these chat bots, but again, chat GPT isn't really a chat bot. It's more like a, a writing generator. And for those who don't understand the difference, a chat bot will converse with you. Chat GPT, it will converse with you, but that's not really what it's for. It's for like generating articles and scripts and plays and whatever else you want to generate. One journalist developed by a tech company, OpenAI, and there's nothing open about OpenAI. Chat GPT can complete many tasks in seconds, including writing essays, poems, and even complex code. And this is why it's being banned. I think the state of New York banned chat GPT from its school systems because they're like, well, a student can go here and say, you know, generate me an article about, you know, I don't whatever about the industrial era and it'll do it. But they have technology that they use to screen for plagiarism and, you know, stuff like that. So I don't get why they couldn't have use a similar thing to see if kids are using chat GPT. To generate. Well, what if a kid well, they probably didn't... do, but they've banned it and told students they can't use it. What, what oh, well, a... yeah, well, yeah, to do their assignments, obviously. But see, that's stupid. That that's absurd. If the assignment can be done by a chatbot, then drop but, the assignment. It's right, not a skill like, a human needs. When I took a uh, accounting, I don't agree with that. When I took accounting in uh, high school, I really liked it um, because I, I when I first heard about it, I thought it was going to be a lot of math, but it was like. There's math, but our teacher was like, use a calculator. You're never going to get hired as an accountant, and they're going to want you doing math on scrap sheets so, of paper. So, like, And that's kind of my point here, where like, just because a calculator can do math for you doesn't mean you don't need to know how to do math. You know, it's still important to know, like, two plus two. You know how much math a day at my job I have to do in my head? If I used a calculator, I would be so slow. That's, well, definitely that's... the building block should be there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think there's a middle ground here where you do need to have the building blocks. It's not necessary to be able to do like 256 plus 140 in your head. 396, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, well, you probably should be able to do that. but I just I can't do that that fast. Yeah, like, see, seriously, not everyone I just can. C- I couldn't. When like, I go get, when I stop at a gas station, I go and I get like a drink or whatever. And, it, and I say, give me the rest of 20 on, you know, pump seven or whatever. I have seen cashiers just freeze in terror as me. they have to figure out what what to give me in gas and it's like i can look at it and say oh it's 277 mm-hmm. okay well then give me 1723 in gas that used to be me until i worked at the last convenience store i worked at i mean i didn't have to do it in gas but anyways they just told me to use a calculator so i would just sit there and use the calculator and i knew I mean, it's to double check yeah it's, it's probably driving idea. people crazy that i was using calculator but it would take longer for me to do it in my head it's like i'm not stupid i could do it it's just that it doesn't happen fast it's but like not everyone can even do it i do think that kids eventually will round out to be able to do things good enough and i do agree with you bonnie not everyone needs to be an expert in everything or even necessarily well-rounded in everything. I think things balance out enough for people to be able to do what they need to be able to do. I don't know where I fall on the issue. Certainly, you don't need to be an expert in everything. I mean, that goes without saying. But there are many skills in which one needs a basic level of competence, I, I, I think. And as long as they have those competent that competence, I don't care beyond that. And 
that competence is simple things is I'm setting a really low bar here of being able to write a complete sentence, being able to add two four digit numbers yeah. together. And that that's not overly complicated. And I don't care if you need to take out a pencil and a sheet of paper to do it, but I think it's important that a person be able to add two four digit numbers together and maybe even subtract and multiply and divide four digit numbers. Yeah, absolutely. But beyond that, I don't know that it's it's never done me any good to to know college level calculus or trigonometry or even be able to calculate the radius or the area of a circle. Never been any use to me whatsoever. So it's probably not helpful to teach people that unless they're super into it. But or it's good, like you know, they're going to be an architect or yes. whatever. Well, see, that was how I ended up taking calculus. I hated math, right? But I wanted to. I was majoring in physics and. There's a lot of math in physics. A lot is like 98% calculus and the rest is thinking about calculus. And, but so there was a reason why I ended up switching to something else, but I hated every step that led up to it. And I would never have exposed myself to the subject voluntarily if it wasn't like tied to something else that I did want to learn. Like I wanted to learn physics and I wanted to master physics and that required mastering the calculus. But the calculus, I hated. If that makes any sense, I, w- I would never have been like, yes, I want to take college calculus, right? So that's, that's one of the skills that I think. But I think there's plenty of things I haven't tried that I would like if I tried. Like today, Nikki's uh, fiance sh- t- showed me how to drive stick. And it's like, I never really felt like I wanted to, but it was actually really fun. Like, I felt like my little avatar body was like, yeah, a new thing, you know? It's also a useful skill to have. Speaking that, of true. useful skills, I mean, you mentioned that now, I mean, you, you can't just drive off casually, but if there's an emergency, you could... And, I know how it works. Yeah, and you were the only person here. You could drive the vehicle in order to handle that emergency. Right. And not everyone could. Other people would... One of our uh, employees, someone was going to borrow one of my cars from me, and I asked him, can you drive a stick shift? And he's like, yeah, of course. I was like, okay, good, because... My Eclipse isn't automatic, but I don't loan out my Eclipse. So he came to my house and he gets in. And he's like, I don't know. How, nothing's happening when I turn the key. It's not cranking. Like, the clutch. Yeah. I'm like, are you holding the clutch down? He's like, which one's the clutch? I just like, don't understand why he would tell you he knew how to do it. Because he thought that he did. You know, it, it was yeah. classic Dunning-Kruger where he thought, well, he thought that driving a manual or driving a stick shift, you know how some of these cars, they have the automatic thing, but you can switch it over to oh. the right and plus. Yeah, and no, that's and, different. No. No. My Eclipse <laughs> has that. And I, as someone who can drive a stick, I hate that crap. Maybe he what just is the thought. Point? That's totally different. That's not the that's same what, at all. That's what he thought driving a stick was. Maybe though. he just oh. thought because it had the Prindle at all, oh, it he thought been that, that yeah. was the stick. <laughs> Man, the stick... The, you drive oh, yeah, a stick and you can put it into drive, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But it's just Dunn and Kruger. He had no idea what was actually involved in it. And because of that, he didn't get to work that night because it's just absolutely insane that someone could reach adulthood and not know how to drive a stick, I <laughs> guess. I mean, not. For those who weren't listening last night, we ended up having quite a conversation about uh, Christianity and religion in general, and especially the subject of the Trinity. And I ended up going home last night and I mentioned on Facebook that we took calls on the subject all night long. It was a rare episode where we just had the one topic that we talked about all night. And I pointed out that despite many people calling in and attempting to explain the Trinity to us, 
What happened more often than not was that people just revealed that they had never given the subject any thought whatsoever. It was just one of those things they knew they and they they were sure they could explain it. But as soon as they started talking, they lost it all. And they were like, well, one guy was like, well, it's the definition of words and changes. And it was completely bizarre. You see, it's just a burrito. Right. And I... The very first comment I got was from a libertarian. He may or may not be in, listening to the show. I, I don't know if he listens to the show or not. I'm assuming not because he didn't call last night. But the very first comment was, well, it's, a friend of mine once said to me, how can you have rice and beans and a tortilla and it still be a burrito, but you still have rice and beans and a tortilla? And damn, that that pretty much sums up the idea of the Trinity. That that explains it in a way that is neat and concise and sensible, but there's something about it that doesn't fit. And and I I don't care enough to put enough brain cells into figuring out why it doesn't work Maybe as an it's analogy. They talk to each other. Like they're not one body, soul, and spirit necessarily if they all talk to each other. Because like one if if you believe that humans are bodies, souls, and spirits, well, our body doesn't talk to our soul and talk to our spirit like we're all three people. Like, in Genesis, they talk to each other. That's what's strange about it to me. How is it... I don't think it could be a, a bean cheese tortilla or whatever. Well, the bean could talk to the cheese and could talk to the tortilla, right? They, they could all guess, talk to yeah. each other and together... Kind of mingling, they, right? But yeah. I was using it more like if that's the analogy for, oh, it's all one person with three different elements. What's weird to me is it. I don't understand how it's three different elements... But they can all separate and talk to each other because, like, your soul, I guess your soul could leave your body. I, I, I thought of that because well, the idea Jesus, of, say Jesus is the soul, I don't know, he left the gods and came here. But I guess your soul could leave the body and uh, astral project. Well, besides that, the idea is that you still have the beans. I mean, they are inside the tortilla. They are inside the burrito. But you still have the beans. They are still there and they are still beans. Yeah, you can open it up yeah. and dump and you, it out and it's, they're beans. Yeah, and but it would not still be a burrito if you remove yeah. the beans. I guess I don't know enough about the Holy Trinity to know why no this one does. even it, matters. Well, because the reason I brought it up was because there's a, Christians argue that God is his own son. And that, that, that so that's what this is about. That's ultimately what this is about. No, yes. that doesn't even make sense. I know it doesn't make sense, but I, pr- Do I really think that. Yeah, Jesus is, is the Son of God, and Jesus well, is God. They, they I didn't know they thought that. They absolutely, every Christian out there believes it. I think that they haven't thought that much about it, because there's obviously some kind of history that isn't in the Bible. Because if God is, I could see it being a possibility, but it's just that we don't have the information. Like, if God existed, and then Jesus existed after, because it doesn't say that Jesus has always existed, I don't think. I think it just says God has always existed. That would make him his son. In the son. beginning was the word, and the word was forever or whatever. It, was with it, and God. Jesus was the word. It, it suggests that Jesus did exist eternally. It doesn't say Jesus, because it's Genesis. No, but Jesus does say, I am the word, hmm. at one point. And then the, they go so on in a different book right. to say that... I mean, none of this is clear and explicit, right? I mean, yeah. It's but that's the beginning be... of Earth. That's what I'm saying. That's the beginning of Earth. That doesn't mean that's the beginning of God. So some lots of history could have happened before Earth was created in the Bible. Well, if you ask a Christian, they'll say God had no beginning. God has always existed. Yeah, and, but would Jesus have a beginning? That's what I'm saying. Jesus no, could no, have a beginning. No, because Jesus is God. They, they, they are inseparable. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Well, in Catholicism, they didn't take the woman away because Mary is held in very high regard. Well, that's not part of the Trinity. She's the fourth. Yeah, exactly. But you um, you guys want to touch on the Trinity. And And is she considered God or is she a lesser being? She's just a human. She is the intercessory between us and them. She she's a mother. She's kind hearted. She has feelings. And what the mother asks the son will do. And what the son asks the father, the father will do. It's kinda of like a respectful family. Okay? So Christian but I mean so Catholicism in, sort of I don't want to get into Mary. I want to get into the Trinity here. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, but you brought her up and I'm I'm curious about I it because I don't know I much about Catholicism. I, Guys were saying that women were disregarded, and that's BS right there. But the Trinity, there is a small spark of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that exists in us all. And I'll ask you guys a question. Have you ever had that gut feeling where you knew something was wrong, or the hair stood up on the back of your neck and you couldn't explain it? But that damn feeling was right, and if you hadn't run... You'd be in deep duty. Yeah, your intuition. Yeah, it's my soul and my my true self and my you know intuition also and uh, well, that, energy that's field. The Holy Spirit, that's the Son and the Father. But you can just Holy you can Spirit say lives. that it doesn't make it true. The Holy Spirit lives in your gut. Listen, it took me thirty years to figure out what they meant by reading between the lines. What is and the I'm Holy Spirit? 30, I'm giving you thirty more years of my aspects of this right now. Sure, if you'll bear with me and listen. I, I'm trying okay. to. What so What is the Holy Spirit, Spirit? The Holy Spirit lives in your gut. He's the one that makes you feel the, the primordial. But the what is son, he? He lives in your heart, and he makes you feel love. And and the Godhead lives between your ears. And when the when the hair stands up on the back of your neck, that's all three of them talking at once. Okay, but what is the Holy Spirit? He is your channel between the natural and the universal. That's okay. about as best as I can explain it, hon. I don't fully understand the concept of the Holy Spirit, so I, well, I understand the concept of a father and a son and all of that, but then they say the Holy Spirit, and they don't, Christians don't offer any sort of explanation about what this entity is. I mean, like you I mentioned that it's me. my connection. Does it have an existence independent of me? If there if there were no humans, no no people in the universe, would the Holy Spirit still exist? Well, I don't know. Maybe you'd be better off to understand it as as um, your own angel. I, the little the, the little bit connecting you to this earth and to the universe. I mean, we can we can say that, sure, but there's. Nothing but speculation and the assertion that such an entity exists. Honey, our whole lives are stories. Yeah. Yeah, I'm what, not, what I, I'm not what, trying to convince what, what you that there isn't a God. I'm just what, saying, you, you, you saying that doesn't make it so, right? Well, what a, a skyscraper you can see and exist, right? Yeah, generally. Okay, that, that's just one story built on another story, built on another story, built on another story, as are we. Yeah, yeah. But that's a different kind of story, right? We have Joe on the line from Maryland. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi, Aria. Hi, Bonnie, and hi, Nikki. Hi. What's on your mind tonight? Okay. Well, let me uh, tell you why I believe in God. 
in uh, 2006, in September, I went to uh, something called the Red Road Gathering. And I went to an Indian reservation. And um, they were talking about the road to God and everything like that. Well, they had a Reiki healer, and I was outside. It was pretty warm. And the Reiki healer was had the hands over me and stuff like that, and she was moving the hands. Well, I felt the warmth of the sun in my face, and I went into a trance. And I had a vision. And the vision was, I'm in a clear room, and it expanded for eternity, and there was nothing. I saw a yellow ball at the top of my left-hand side. Suddenly, the yellow ball exploded. I saw these prisms, and they were purple, green, and yellow. And the light was emanating through them. Suddenly, I saw the universe being created. Stars, planets. I'm letting you go on, but I do want to point out that this entire story you could have just said, I believe in God because I had a vision that there was a God. I'm pretty interested (laughs) in it. Yeah, that's why I'm letting him go. I just want to, there, there's a much shorter way to convey this story. Okay, well, I saw the And the details of your vision, created. while fascinating, they're not going to persuade anyone but you. Right. Well, that's why I'm God, and that's why I told you. See, what you don't have, Arya, is faith. Right. And that's what... That, that's the common argument, that you have to believe faith. in God in order to feel like there is a God, and that's... That that just feels like blind trust. Yeah, I, I don't well, it's like not the even that. that. I don't have to believe in my cell phone for it to be here. I can I cannot believe it if I choose to not believe in it. I don't have to believe in this bottle. I don't have to believe in this pen. I don't have to believe in you, Joe, for you to exist, right? Or for, or well, to I have evidence you that you exist. I I don't like the I, way I, that I faith is because you don't have faith. I don't like the way that faith is That's usually cool. defined by okay. people. Faith doesn't trust that something exists. I have always really struggled with this because my middle name is Faith and I always wanted to know what it really meant. I always wanted to know what a judgment really meant and all these things that they take for granted in the in the Bible and in church, like they just say it and without really describing it. And I think now that faith is just uh, like not closing yourself off to a possibility. Like, faith is gullibility. I think that it's um, to have blind faith is a different it's the way it's always described but blind faith is different than i'm open to a possibility and if you don't have that at all then you're closing yourself off to something and that's what i think is more special about it than absolute trust that something is the way that somebody else told you it is i i think that um opening your mind to possibilities that any it doesn't have to have anything to do with god is uh, a quality that is i think so beautiful in people and um, most people don't have it. I'm not saying that Arya needs to have it in God, but like when I when I was a kid, I basically just treated everyone like I already knew everything about them. Everybody, you know, I'm basically better than everyone. And I met this person, one of my best friends that I met in uh, eighth grade, and he would just simply ask me uh, whenever I was talking crap about other people or whatever, like, oh, I don't like her. He would just be like, you need to open your mind to the possibility that you would like her just little things like that all the time a lot of christians will call in and they want to tell me what is you know it's kind of screwed up when you think about it to just go up to another human being in any context and say no you're wrong and this is what's up i know the mysteries of the universe and i'm going to share them with you right now i also think it's a naive 
It is. To, okay. uh, you know, th- th- these are things that we don't have concrete proof of. Like you kind of mentioned in the last segment, this cell phone, I'm holding, you know, like I can see it. This is more believable than, you know, I have evidence for this. The main thing is, I think that like the purpose of the universe is to try to figure these things out yourself and for humanity to do that. And I think Christianity, Islam, all these big religions were created just to keep people from doing that. These people aren't looking into any of the stuff I'm looking into. Yeah, they're it's, just, it's a cop out. They're able to just be like, oh, somebody figured that out for me. Let me sit on my couch and eat Cheetos all day. Yeah, it's like, well, it's it's closing your mind off to all of these possibilities. And it and it is true that, you know, we're a call-in show. I'm inviting people to call in and, you know, maybe they don't want to face hostility and then, you know, that's fine. But then don't begin the conversation with, well, you're wrong and you just need faith or something like that. That's yeah. going to set up an antagonistic relationship because I'm not a Christian. And I know that Christians out there, they can't even understand this possibility, but I don't believe what you believe. And your belief tells you that I'm going to be tortured for all eternity because I don't believe what you believe. That's 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 the actual ground zero of where this conversation starts. You can't just say, "Well, I, I believe in God and you know Jesus loves you," and, but because that's not actually the beginning. The beginning of this is, "I'm a sinner. I deserve eternal damnation, and I'm going to get it if I don't worship Jesus." Well, and I think that's why people are so preachy about it because you know you'll have your grandma that's like. I need to yep. save your soul because I love you and I don't want you to be damned for the rest of eternity if you're a non-believer. And it's just, it's manipulative. It is. And it's it's evil. It, it, it's even evil for those people. Like, I feel sad for those people who think that all of their grandkids yeah. who don't believe exactly what they believe are going to hell. And I mean, ultimately, it is their fault, too. But they were also, like, tricked. Yeah. So I, I had a close friend. I think we were probably in high school at this point. And she was, you know, uh, she's very Christian, you know, involved in the church, whatever. And one of her family members was dying and didn't believe in God. And she came to me distraught because her grandmother, whoever it was, was on their deathbed. And she was convinced that they were going to hell because they weren't a believer. And it was just so sad and i you know yeah isn't that absolutely horrifying it it is it's horrific and at this point you know in high school you're like pretty much a child but you know like you're definitely not quite an adult yet and it just felt so sad to me that this religion and this you know philosophy is manipulating people in this way where they're going through this torment of thinking that themselves i remember when i first you know kind of escaped christianity catholicism whatever I, I was, there was so much back and forth because I was so afraid. I'm like, well, I don't really believe in this. And then whenever I would think that, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I changed my mind. I believe, I believe, I believe because I was terrified because I was taught my whole life and conditioned my whole life. I'm going to go to hell. And I was so afraid of that punishment that anytime I would try to open my mind up to something different, I would have to take it back because of that fear. And that held me back for a really long time until I just stopped caring and couldn't deny it any longer that this is just not real. It's just so sad that the pursuit of truth would even have that kind of an element thrown into... Because the same thing happened to me. Like, when I started, like, looking into things to see... Like, this was my thought process. I was like, I'm going to look into this, and I'm going to be able to refute it all, and I'll still be a Christian. And that didn't happen. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? 
Hey, this is Mark. Mark Watson, how you doing? Hey, Mark, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I just wanted to call in. You got a great topic, and uh, I emailed Ian last night about it, and I just wanted to uh, give a couple of thoughts. Uh, Absolutely. You brought up a lot of questions, and I and let me just say it first. I'm not going to be able to answer all your questions. So that's a beautiful that's a beautiful sentiment. Uh, just being able to say I don't know, I don't have all the answers. So here here's what I want to suggest. What is the the question that bothers almost every libertarian? Who would build the roads? <laughs> exactly. No, that's, that's actually the question. I thought yes, Bonnie was making a joke. I was. Well done. No, absolutely correct. That doesn't bother so me. I, I mean, I'm not well, worried about who's going to build the roads, but go ahead. Okay. The reason I bring that up is because there are questions that keep coming up from people who are not libertarian who ought to know because there have been decades and decades of writing to answer these questions by people who are libertarian who know the answers. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Have information. So what I'm saying is it's kind of not fair to, uh, to a libertarian to be able to have to give all the answers that have already been written down and provided when someone asks a stupid question because it's already been answered. So what I'm going to say to you is libertarianism is a system of uh, belief, not faith, but belief. There is a certain amount of understanding that has to happen in the human mind to understand libertarianism. Yeah, so, and the belief That's why is, you don't need belief. It's well, you it's, do need belief. You need the belief that it's wrong to commit aggression against other people. And we we and you you need the belief that that leads to a better society, but that is just but that's belief. more of an understanding. But I it, think it could I be underst- wrong. We don't know. I, I think that yeah. I understand that's true fact that it's better when people are not but it's not using a true coerc- fact. coercion against each other. It is a true it, fact. It's well, just not everybody's going to believe that. It doesn't matter if other people believe something that's true. What, what like, metric are you using to determine what is and isn't better? Because, because that's well, what determines whether or not it's accurate. Because there's no situation where people using force against each other is better. When has there ever been? Well, if they well somebody would have to prove that first. Well, that's your opinion, right? It's that not would be an, an opinion. opinion. Well, it's better not in my what opinion way? that I need to breathe. For, I mean, every aspect. Better for who? I mean, you already know the answer of these things. If a person enjoys using violence against others, then it's better for them if they use violence against others. Well, I don't think it is. But it is. But I don't it, think it really is. Because it brings is. them joy. It doesn't necessarily bring them joy because people obviously don't understand what joy even is if they don't they don't understand how much better it could be if their idea of joy is hurting other people. But you can't okay. just say that doesn't really bring you joy. If, if, if you have a psychopath who finds joy in hurting Psychopaths other people. Psychopaths don't have joy. OK, if you have an immoral person who finds joy in hurting other people. You can't say that he doesn't find joy in hurting other people. I, just, he I does. just haven't found somebody that that actually exists in them. Like everybody that's like a horrible person just hasn't realized a better way to live. Or maybe they, they believe they have. I also just feel like that's so your opinion. Beliefs right? are stupid. And I, I don't think that there is such thing as or I don't think that it's right to call libertarianism a system of beliefs. We understand that it would be better for everyone if people didn't use coercion because more prosperity in the world. There's no system that would make... But um, more prosperity in the world doesn't necessarily mean it's better. That's just the metric that you're using to determine what is and isn't better. Prosperity may ultimately be a bad thing. Maybe it would be better if humans lived like animals. Maybe the universe would be better. 
animals don't, don't not live well, in prosperity, and animals also live. You that's know, what I'm in saying. Prosperity own. doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. You're calling and telling us that you're a Christian, and then you're explicitly ignoring things that are literally stated in the Bible, and you're putting your own weird little spin on it, where somehow God's saying, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, you shouldn't worship anyone else, and somehow him saying, you shouldn't have any kings, by the way, but here's some kings, and here's some judges for you, which happened just... No, you're not letting me get a word in edgewise. What I'm saying is, all that came in First Samuel 8. First Samuel 8 was hey, we don't like the judges. The judges were there to handle civil matters between people. They were not there to lord over people. Somebody would have a problem with somebody else, and somebody had to arbitrate that problem, that, that resolution. That was not somebody trying to lord over somebody. That was tr- somebody trying to sort out problems between people. Well, what about when God so what, said that David was a man after his own heart and made him be king? So what happened was, in 1 Samuel 8, they demanded a king. Now, yeah. what if you, read the, if you read the chapter, it says... No, no, no. Let, let's, when, foc- when let, he, let's focus on that. They demanded something from God. And God, yeah, God bowed and what? gave in to them. Do you realize what a nonsensical thing you just said? Especially if it's something so evil no, no, no. as, like, a monarchy. Like, I can't imagine a God... So what happened? Bob, uh, Bonnie's right. There were judges in the land, and those judges were not perfect judges. And, the, and so the people were dissatisfied with them, and they demanded an earthly king. So what, the, what is that demand? That demand was a breaking of the first commandment, which you shall have no other gods before me. In fact, it explicitly says that in 1 Samuel 8. So God relents. Tells them that so despite having demand, ordered them not to have any other gods before them, God decides to allow them to have a God before them? Because you're money so the, the word God so much that you're basically saying that a king is God. And I, I don't agree with that from the beginning. But even if we allow that, then we're buying into this idea that the God, the jealous God, gave in to these demands and gave these people a different God to worship rather than himself. No, what, I'm, what he was saying was he doesn't want anyone to let anyone rule over them. In other words, if you're a Christian, you should not seek after a president. So how did the Jews get God? How did they get God to do something that he didn't want to do? Because that's impressive. So what it was is it was a sin, and they were breaking God's law. And he no, 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 said, no. No, you oh, said they got God to do it. They, they got God to do what he didn't want to do, which was to give them a king. So I need to know, man, how did they convince the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe to do something that the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe did not want to do? Is it a magic, is it a magic ring? Is it some Latin phrase? People have the right to choose to believe or not. Those people broke the commandment by their own free will, and God said, okay, here's what's going to happen with the kings in the land. He said, you're going to get it good and hard because this is how they treat you. And the reason why I'm mentioning that to you is because in verse 2 in Exodus, it says, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. We have Chuck on the line from Washington. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. I I really liked it when y'all rap on these Bible things because it makes me think about when I was a kid and everything like that. And so uh, They seem to be popular episodes, but 
Maybe that's yeah. because we're we're I'm holding my tongue so much about what I really think about Christianity, and for, for the most part, a lot of Christians. Well, and that's why I think that to go back to what you had said in previous shows, that's why I think Christianity is losing right now. They're losing ground because they can't explain these uh, things that they uh, say, you know, uh, you know, the three the Trinity and, uh, you know, some of the, um, the the magic show uh, with the, uh, the fish and the bread and the wine and so on and so forth. So uh, the last caller is a perfect example, and I don't want to attack anybody. I, I don't want to be uh, on that kind of level here in in my uh, pursuit of spiritual understanding here, because uh, this is really why I'm calling. It's for me. Um, this person that was talking is a Bible verse builder, okay? So what they do is they... Uh, get you entangled into a conversation about uh, they get you entangled in fellowship. And then what they do is they point out a bunch of different Bible verses that they know by heart that supports this whole theory that they're trying to throw out there, which doesn't make any sense to anybody else. But uh, somehow you're going to, uh, you know, Google what he was talking about, Samuel, yada, yada, yada. And uh, in conjunction with Exodus and then uh, followed by, uh, uh, you know, something that Jesus said uh, on the cross to support his whole. He's probably a youth pastor, by the way. Did you ever pick up on that? I did. Or somebody that was uh, in that kind of. uh, I did not. And I I don't want to assume that about him. He seemed to me like just a just a normal Christian that I would have known in the South. Oh, brother, I tell you, I, um, you know, here, what, what, here's what I know. I know Psalms 23. That's all I'm going to say. And that's, uh, did either of you get the impression that he was like a youth minister? No, I mean, you didn't mention it. No, but I think I know what the this caller means. He's trying to say like, oh, he's already got an explanation for like somebody who asks a question. He is going to teenagers questioning things. Right. And he's going to talk to them like, this has already been answered. Here's the answer. You know, like that—that's definitely happened to me. So when we ask him who will build the roads, he—he thinks he's the guy with the answers. When we ask a Christian, you know, these questions, basically, who will build the roads? But a Christian version of that, he's like, I've got the answer. That's already been answered. Yep. Well, he's that guy. You know, Jesus told us, "Give to Caesar what a Caesar." So that means uh, what to who? You know, when <laughs> it depends uh, on who you ask. I—I've heard at least two different interpretations of that verse, and both of them are plausible, <laughs> right? In a, about him being a Bible verse builder, like you're saying, I think the most important thing about the, what the last caller was doing was he was telling us something that was in the Bible, then adding in a little of his own interpretation. Like yeah, he, absolutely. you, you got to put that on front street. You got to say like, and this is what I think of like that. And that's what I believe. That's what, then, then it's legitimate. But if you're telling me like, and, uh, uh, so God said, have no gods before me. And that's because he wanted them to not have slavery. Then you got to be able to explain that because that part's not in the Bible. My mom is like a really different Christian. She doesn't have like some kind of sect she belongs to. She just like look for the type of people that she vibed with wherever we went. And like from a very young age, my mom was like, demons will come into your room at night if you're doing these bad things. Like, I don't want to scare you. But if you lie, 
then demons will come into your body. And I, I'm sorry, but that is funny. I don't want to scare you, but she would always say demons she didn't are wanna, coming for you. She would always want to <laughs> say that she didn't want to put a spirit of fear into me, but I like she wanted me to understand this stuff. And it was just like, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean to my mom. It's just that I really think that that is mind control. And Nikki, it's you traumatizing. Said, yeah. That is. Nikki, you said they started with the fear early in you, like with this pamphlet. Yeah, it was a book. It was a children's yeah. book. And it, this oh, was, by the way, this, my parents were never very religious. At this point, I had already, I think I was seven, eight years old. I, we had already stopped going to church. So my parents just weren't into it. They were like, this is a waste of time. Whatever. We don't care. You guys are baptized. Your souls are saved. Whatever. It was my friend who her parents were very, very religious and they would always have me read these books and not tell my parents about it, by the way, just go. They knew we didn't go to church and they were like, well, we need to save this little girl. And they would, you know, and my friend would tell me all sorts of stories that I had never heard of. I didn't know about the things that flied around and zapped you. So I learned so much about religion and Christianity from this friend and her parents and my, my own parents had no clue the whole time. They probably still don't know. That's wow. grooming. Absolutely. Yeah. If we want to talk about <laughs> yeah. grooming, that's grooming. That's a really good point, Bonnie. That is absolutely grooming. And I, your mom intrigues me because um, she sounds so much like what I would have expected my my grandmother and my uncle to be. But they never they never believed in the the actual. I mean, they believe in the demons, right, and the antichrist and all of that. But there there's a degree of separation where they don't generally they don't truly believe that a demon is going to find its way into the house or whatever it's more of a spiritual non-entity my mom got really into this when i was five because uh she already believed that i had my first exorcism before i was five so she believed in it it already don't know where she heard it from because i was too young to know you had your first hold on stop you had your first my only exorcism. exorcism hold on okay you had your exorcism yes you were you were exercised? Yes. So I was always having bad dreams, like all the time. Like every night of my life, I would be like crying in my sleep, having bad dreams or going to my parents' bed because I didn't want to be alone. Well, I had siblings, so I'd always go get in bed with my sister. And uh, my grandma would come and pray over me and stuff because they said I had demons in me because of that. I think the thing was I was afraid of all this crap I was hearing. Probably. And uh, so uh, one time my parents church broke off from the church that they were going to because they didn't believe in something that the pastor believed in and we started going to this old lady's house named miss elaine and i would always hang out Dude, in the basement. That, i thought my family was like religious hardcore no you're going to church in this old lady's house you got me yeah. beat bonnie it, it's hands in, down it's in kansas so i would go to the <laughs> church in this old lady's house in kansas but me and my sister would play with this old or not or this grown man at in the basement while my family was in church and i always think that was really weird but everything about this story is <laughs> one day they came down and got me just me and brought me up with the congregation. There was like this man from Africa. I remember him very clearly. A bunch of old people and my mom. But my dad wasn't there. And they for this. call us Satanists weird, man. I, the, the picture you're painting here is, is, is exactly what they accuse Satanists of doing. Here's little Bonnie in this basement with this weird old guy. <laughs> and she comes up and they've got all the whole congregation is there standing around solemnly waiting to perform some sort of craven ritual. I mean, so, good God. They put me on a chair in the middle of the, the living room 
And they all were standing around me praying, like, in tongues and stuff. And the African man was, like, I think mostly, like, the leader. Like, he was started it off, started the praying and stuff. And I was, like, really bored. So I remember thinking, I'm going to look at each of them for an equal amount of time. Don't know why. I was like, I'll look at that one. Equal amount of time. Now it's time to move. I don't know why I was doing that. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Ralph. Ralph, what's on your mind tonight? Well, it was about... uh... (laughs) what's happening in Ukraine, but since you're talking about religion, I just wanted to mention something, you know. Religion controls people with with myths and tall tales from what I've seen in my life. And uh, there's a, a, a film that uh, I watched uh, years ago. It's on YouTube, Ring of Power. It's a full-length documentary by Grace Powers. That's the title. And it's like almost five hours long. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I was going to write down the name of it to watch it later, but if it's five hours long, I'm, I'm not well, going to pretend that I'm ever going to watch it. You you might really be interested once you start, but it's like a history lesson. And uh, back uh, like in about an hour and 30 minutes, something like that, uh, they start talking about um, um, Julius Caesar and Cleopatra. And, you know, Julius Caesar declared himself God. And, Did uh, he? Yeah. Okay. He had uh, children with, uh, yep, with um, Cleopatra. And uh, one, one of his children was named Caesarian. And uh, see, Caesar also had an adopted son. So when, uh, you know, when Isn't he Isn't that what the C and C section Mark- stands for? Yes, it, it is, it, and that's where it came from. Okay, that's, that's what I would have assumed. Thank you. Yep. So when when he when Julius Caesar was killed, and then the thing with Mark Antony uh, hooking up with Cleopatra, and and uh, then the um, <clears throat> the emperor of uh, of Rome, or he, uh, he you know he came and uh, Cleopatra committed suicide. And Mark Antony died, and and uh, you know it's a little confused in history about what happened to the children. Well, you know, like they say, uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ, that's J.C., and Julius Caesar, J.C., that's kind of a little coincidence there. But uh, uh, the story was that uh, Caesarian, uh, they, they were looking for him to kill him uh, because, he, he, you know, he had, he, he had um, well, he was Caesar's blood son, and uh, but Augustus... Well, the, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with gods. You, you don't just kill yeah, the king, he, you he have wanted, to also kill the king's son. I mean, that's just the way it was back then, because the king's son had a rightful claim to the throne. Right, but the adopted son, who had no blood ties to, to Caesar, you know, he, he was back in Rome, so he was in charge. So anyway, the story goes that, uh, you know, there's some missing years of Jesus, and uh, the story was that uh, they took him to uh, India, and... Uh, you know, he spent time there and basically studied Buddhism, and then came back and he wanted to uh, he he wanted to get his uh, rightful. Uh, place so the hypothesis back. here is that Jesus is secretly Julius Caesar's son. Right. Is that where you're going? Okay. And uh, yeah, I've never heard that one before. I have heard that um, about Jesus going to India, and that there's a specific book I wrote in my list of books that I want to read about, like the. Evidence yep. that Jesus went to India, and it, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Like 
Jesus. Well, India was certainly a lot closer to the Middle East than it is to North America. That's true. Right. And some Mormons believe Jesus went to North America. Yes, thank you. That's what I was getting into. That <laughs> I believe what they think is that, and I'm not a Mormon, so correct me if I'm wrong, but they think that those three days when Jesus died, we have Rob on the line from Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I think that uh, that uh, you can get more truth out of listening to George Carlin and his view on the Bible. Mm, George Carlin had a lot of intelligent things to say. What did he have to say about the Bible, though? Well, I mean, there are certain things that he said that I can't say. Okay, fair. You know, <laughs> you know now, but uh, but I mean, but he said it was just it's make believe. It's just a way to be able to control the people, and I mean, because see, I remember in the sixties and the seventies that you know when the Bible was introduced to me. I always remember, you know, feeling that I was, you know, being taught what to believe in this book. I, you know, I mean, they encouraged me to read it, but when I would read it, I would have a different point of view. But, you know, when they would teach it, it would be, you know, uh, you know a little different. And if you questioned then, oh, boy, you know. You either got the ruler or, you know, or whatever, or spanked or something. But See, that's rough. I, I was thankfully never punished for asking any questions about this. I was typically told, you know, I was told not to ask those sorts of questions or something along those lines. But I was never, like, punished or faced any sort of real repercussions for asking some of these difficult questions. Whenever I asked yeah. any questions, which absolutely, absolutely, I was just asking, like, my mom, like, oh, can you clear this up for me? I was never like asking like, I figured it out and I'm not going to be a Christian anymore because like I was like completely a Christian until I was like 21 um, or maybe 20. But anyways, anytime I did ask one of those questions and my mom couldn't, didn't have a prepackaged answer for it, she would just say that God is so complicated we couldn't possibly understand him with our human understanding. See, I did something similar in that I don't remember exactly my age, and but I was maybe 10, 11 years old, but I had figured out the Easter Bunny wasn't real, the Tooth Fairy wasn't real, Santa wasn't real. And so finally I went to my grandmother and I was like, oh, I figured it out. This God thing isn't real oh, either. Oh, no, don't say that. Well, she yeah. did not like that at all. I didn't get in trouble or grounded or anything like that, but she, I got a stern talking to and then after that, you know, the daily Bible studies and all that sort of thing started. They she just doubled yeah. down on it. But I, if you're a religious person and you're trying to raise religious kids, I can't imagine anything being more counterproductive to that religious upbringing than intentionally telling them lies like the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, knowing they're going to find out those things aren't true. Well, and how is that different? Right. From, it's, you know, it's absolutely not different. From what I could tell, it was exactly the same. We have Neil on the line from Arizona. Neil, you're on Free Talk Live. Have you guys ever tried that Nutella, hazelnut chocolate butter? <laughs> yes. Uh, Nutella? I, Nutella? Disgusting, isn't it? No. No, it's delicious. What are you talking about? It tastes like a, a Ferrero Rocher. Unfortunately, it has soy in it, so I can't eat it anymore. I, I just tried it for the first time in my life. And I bought the smallest jar that they had just because I love hazelnuts. But, oh, my God, it's terrible. It is I weird think. that it doesn't remind me of, like, hazelnuts. Hazelnuts are just totally different than that. That tastes like chocolate. 
Well, because once you mix it with the chocolate, it oh. totally changes the flavor profile. I didn't realize it was actually mixed with chocolate. Why not just have like a like if it, there was a chocolate Nutella, I would be all over that because that would be fantastic. Well, just regular well, chocolate. Yeah, well, I think chocolate. they have that. I love regular chocolate. They definitely have regular chocolate. Well, I mean, but like, <laughs> like a chocolate spread, like a spread. without yeah. the hazelnut. Yeah. I they probably make they have that. Like that. I think they have so that. I could go for that. I'm, I'm not a fan or a disliker of hazelnut. I don't think I've ever really had hazelnut, but I, I do like chocolate. But you well, didn't enjoy it. Well, cracking hazelnuts in the sh- no, no, no. I love hazelnuts. I grew up eating them. You know, you crack the shell. You know, mom used to buy a bunch of nuts, walnuts, hazelnuts, uh, whatever, peanuts, and, and the shells, and we'd eat them. But this. Yeah, I just tried this for the first time, and it's. I think it's god awful. I mean, it, it's like something a two year old would probably like. But <laughs> so, not, not an endorsement 60, from Neil in Arizona. I would say get yeah. some croissants like that you can bake in the oh, oven, yeah. and they're just just so warm and delicious. And then put it on there if you don't care about uh, ingredients, because those things from the stores have all bad. So you're from Arizona, Neil. I assume you'd never heard of what they call the fluffer nutter. Oh what? <laughs> oh yeah, so this is uh this is a New England delicacy where we have this thing called fluff. It is a marshmallow spread and we make sandwiches with peanut butter in the fluff and they're called fluffanutters. And I have just recently realized that this isn't a thing everywhere else. This is very much a New England thing because when you tell people from other places they're like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> Is this like one step above s'mores? Well, it's just it's one like step up. It's one step above a peanut butter and jelly. Or next to above. Yeah, I don't know about above. Below, whatever. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, howdy! Hold on, turn off my speakerphone. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Sorry to just sort of blindside you there and take you off guard. Oh no, no, you're fine. Um, so. I just was calling in about, I was listening to a show a couple uh, days back, and they were talking about civil disobedience. And it reminded me about some stuff that I've been doing lately in my town, where uh, we have a train trestle in our town that's pretty dangerous, and the government shut it down and said it's for government use only. What's a train trestle? It's where a train goes over a road. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was called that. Or train crossing, not trestle. Sorry, so did they shut down the entire road? road? They shut down the road that... Like, we've been using that road ever since that road's been built to just get around town. And since they closed it because it's too dangerous, it's literally cut the town in half. Well, and where is this? It's, it's in Pendleton, Indiana. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've been driving over that road my whole life that I could drive. It was there before I could drive. And I just decided a few days, uh, actually a few months ago, that, screw it. I'm not listening to that order. And I've been driving over it and I've been pulled over at least twice doing it. And both times, I don't know how I've done this. I told the police officer that he's not my dad. And <laughs> that worked. He just, he just told me to go away. Well, I mean, what could, nice. what could they cite you with? Yeah, I mean, if the road, if they put out road closed signs or something like that, they may be able to get you. But even then, I'm not sure that we sort of get back to that Nazi kindergarten playground argument, which was something like if it doesn't actually say do not cross or whatever, 
then you're allowed to cross. I think they used caution tape to section off one of the playgrounds. Hmm. And then they tried mm-hmm. to say that these people were trespassers. Like, no, it just says caution, yeah, not do cautious. not cross, right? Right. So, I mean, if the, yeah. you just have a sign there that says road closed, maybe they have an argument. But if they just declared, no, don't drive down this road, I don't, I don't think it would well, hold up. So bigger I, question well, is what, what they it, did is they painted on the road for for government use only or emergency use only. One of those things. No, I don't. Wow. Th- I don't think they can do that. I, I think. I think you have a solid. Le- I'm not a legal expert, but I. Th- I. I think you have solid legal ground here. Probably why you didn't get ticketed. The bigger thing is, yeah, what are they going to do if everyone starts just using the road anyway? That's ding ding ding. I hope that exactly you're I spreading wanna, the I, idea. I want one of them to give me a ticket. Honestly, I do, so I can take it to court. Yeah, yeah. get some publicity out of yeah. that, man. Get some publicity out of it. Get it to where the town looks stupid, and they eventually. Either give us the road back, and I'll admit the da- the intersection is dangerous. There's been like three cars hit there in the last two years. What makes it dangerous? It's very steep coming up to the track, and if you're in too long of a vehicle, you can get hung on it. Okay, and, and Bonnie's question was, they got hit by trains, or are they colliding with other vehicles? Hit by trains. Oh, wow, Lord. that's terrifying. Yeah, that's, that's pretty intense, right? Maybe they need to move the train tracks. Or fix the road. <laughs> I mean, or the, get rid of the road. Like, if they just took out the road and filled it with gravel and just made it to where there wasn't a road there anymore, I'd be like, fine. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.